Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. You're listening to episode number 48 of the Lean Blog Podcast for July 21st, 2008. Our guest today is Bob Emiliani of the Center for Lean Business Management. You may remember Bob from episodes number 30 and 38 of the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about his series of books called Real Lean, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. So I hope you enjoy what Bob has to talk about uh, in regards to the Respect for People principle and what I think is a really nice, uh, complete view of the lean management approach and the Toyota production system. If you want to hear other podcasts with Bob or other guests, you can go to leanpodcast.org for a list of episodes. As always, thanks for listening. Well, Bob, I want to welcome you back to the Lean Blog Podcast. Thanks for taking some time out today. Thank you for having me. Well, today we're going to be talking about your Real Lean series of books. So I was wondering if you could start off by telling us what was your motivation for writing this series. Um, the, the motivation was, was, was customer feedback um, and plus the concerns that I have about the widespread uh, misunderstandings that people continue to have about uh, lean management. Um, you know, I, I look at some of the message boards and, and, of course, talk to a lot of people face-to-face and find that these misunderstandings are pervasive. And that concerns me because these misunderstandings then lead to misapplication of lean management that... Uh, results in you know less favorable outcomes, sometimes even really bad outcomes. In, you know, in relation to uh, the respect for people principles, uh, principle, um, you know, where, where 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 people means not just employees but also the customers and suppliers, investors, and communities. Um, the other thing is that um, there seems to be a lot of important uh, and unanswered questions about lean management. I, I felt these questions were not being answered at all, or the, the, the answers were just long-winded or too hard to follow. Uh, they weren't specific or actionable. Um, thirdly, I, I wanted to, to bring the uh, respect for people principle into the conversation in a much, much bigger way. Uh, it, it, that principle has been my main focus since the mid-90s, and, and it was a, you know, featured in my paper I wrote in 1998 called Lean Behaviors and in the, the book Better Thinking, Better Results that I wrote in 2003. Um, the respect for people principles just, just needs much broader treatment than the, the narrow manager-employee uh, relationship, which is what most people uh, think of when it comes to respect for people. And then, uh, then I also wanted to try to do this succinctly and inexpensively you know, each volume are small five by eight inch paperback books, less than 200 pages that are, you know, only 15 bucks, and they they're, they're quick reads, but yeah. they're they're pretty substantive. Yeah, I mean they're, they're they're certainly great for being able to throw into the computer bag and and tackle on a flight, and you know, they definitely I think hit the mark that way. Um, well, can get help get our listeners introduced to the series. What what was the main focus of volume one in the series? Uh, the main focus was was to help people better understand lean management. So what what I do in that volume is explain the purpose and advantage of lean management, and and also clarify uh, many of the myths and misinformation that surround lean management. Uh, most of the questions that Volume One addresses come from uh, executives that I've worked with in the past, as as, as well as my graduate students, um, most of whom work full time in companies that are trying to uh, implement lean. So you you get a nice window into the 
issues and concerns and questions that people have that way. Uh, also, in, uh, in 2004, I, I started to get very interested in the history and evolution of lean management. And uh, so Volume 1 includes a couple of chapters that show how some of the ideas and practices that we think are, are new have actually been around for some time. And um, understanding these the history and, and these you know, long-forgotten perspectives are, are really informative in, in helping us understand uh, where we are with lean management today. Right. And, and what was the reaction that, that you got from people about the first, the, the first volume? Well, people like that volume a whole lot. I mean, it really appears to have achieved uh, its objective of helping people better understand lean management, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. So did that lead to the second volume, or, or was this was it part of the plan to, to have this whole series? Um, you know, can, can you tell us about that and, and the second volume? Yeah, it was part of a plan to have a series, and the, 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 the second volume um, is focusing on the most critical issues that we face today as a lean community and, and what some of the major opportunities uh, that we have uh, uh, the, in front of us. Um, so Volume 2 um, you know, particularly tackles the issue of leadership. And um, you know, we, we all know that 35 or more years after we first heard of Toyota's management practice, there's really surprisingly few companies that have been able to manage their business as Toyota does. And, and so the big question, of course, is why? You know? And what does leadership have to do with that? And uh, how did we become so focused on lean tools for so many years? And, and how, how badly has, has that hurt us? So, um, you know, trying to tackle some of these critical issues was, you know, a little bit difficult to start with. And so one of the questions I asked myself is, has anybody been down this path before? And it turns out uh, there has. Um, the last great attempt to establish a completely new system of industrial management, you know, aside from Henry Ford's management practice, was the early 1900s-era scientific management. And, and the proponents of scientific management created something called the Taylor Society in honor of Frederick Taylor, who was the uh, hands-on manager who created scientific management. And so one of the things that Taylor Society uh, thought it should do as part of its mission was to publish you know, a lot of books and a journal about people's efforts to establish scientific management system in, in companies of all sizes and in many different industries. So um, there's a tremendous record of documentation uh, that describes the details of um, what people did and is extremely valuable for understanding what, what happened. And uh, so when I found these old books and papers, I was just astonished by what I read um, the, the problems that the scientific management community experienced between the 1890 or so time frame and 1940 are largely the same as what the lean community has experienced since the early 1970s. And, and you know, there, there certainly are some differences, there's no question about that, but it really is incredible how closely uh, we in the lean community have paralleled uh, the scientific management community's experience so far. So uh, over half of Volume 2 is devoted to presenting uh, the successes uh, of the scientific, command, uh, scientific management community, which, which are very few, and, and the failures, which are many, uh, and, and placing that in, into today's context as what are our issues and challenges and how, they, how are they the same or different. 
as well as some recommendations on what we can do to improve so we don't um, suffer the same fate as the scientific management folks. So um, th this stuff was a real revelation to me, and so for a few years now I've been saying to the community, we need to understand the failures of what happened to the scientific management folks if we're to avoid, you know, repeating the same mistakes. And so, uh, you know, thankfully some people are recognizing how important this, this branch of this history, branch of industrial management history is, and and uh, to what we're trying to accomplish in, in, in lean community. Yeah. So, what, what kind of feedback did you get from people about that book? Well, it's a, it's a little bit different than volume one. You know, most people don't like to confront the ugly facts, <laughs> sure. so some people find it a bit of a tough read, but they also find it, you know, to be informative. I think the people who like volume two have kind of the mindset that, well, you know, we've got to confront the ugly facts if, if we're serious about improving. And so to them, the book serves as uh, more of a challenge and motivates them to think harder and, and try new things. Um, I think, you know, my recognition and others who read the book, uh, they realize that the link community, we have to put our heads together and identify the root causes of these common problems and identify practical countermeasures. You know, um, we we put, all of us put a lot of effort into trying to make lean work. And uh, uh, I think reading volume two can be beneficial in that it can help people understand that, you know, we don't want all of our efforts to become nothing, you know, turn into nothing. Right. So, you know, as the saying goes, we're, we're doomed to repeat history if we don't learn from it. <laughs> and so far, the lean community has been indifferent to history they think their experiences are unique, and uh, they're really not. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Um, so volume three of the series, uh, the, the, the most recent of, of the books, is just out. Um, can you tell, tell us and, and tell me and the listeners about volume three? Yep, yeah, that, that, that's focused on the, this issue of how do you sustain lean management. And I wanted to try and answer that question. Um, how do you sustain lean management? So, like everybody else, I, I've been long perplexed why something that seems so easy to do is actually so very difficult to do. And I started formulating my approach to understanding this problem in, I think it was 2005. And, and you know, understanding this problem is, is, has roots into my own real-world um, application of lean management and industry in, in the 90s. And then, of course, in the books and papers that I've written since then. So um, I've been working on this steadily for a couple of years, and, uh, and and what what I ended up doing was explaining the sustainability problem in in a, a totally different way. Uh, what I do is I, I dissect uh, conventional management in practice and and show specifically which aspects of conventional management hinder. Uh, manager's ability to become lean leaders. And so I, I reveal these uh, you know, major obstacles, and, and, and the book identifies 14 key commitments that executives have to make in order to sustain the lean management system. Uh, it, it's funny how that number 14 comes up, Deming's 14 points and the 14 principles of the Toyota way. Is that is that just coincidence that you have 14 <laughs> key commitments? Yeah, it, 
it's just coincidence that I didn't plan it that way. It just came out that way. <laughs> so any, I, I'm not in the numerology. I don't know if many lean people are, what, what, what the significance of 14 <laughs> is, but <laughs> so there we have it. Um, well, you know, I wanted to ask, um, again, in, in terms of reactions to the book, um, you know, you, you really don't pull many punches in the book uh, as far as, you know, kind of trying to diagnose what's wrong with some of the prevailing, you know, traditional management systems and, and approaches and, and, and behaviors. Um, you know, what, what kind of reaction have you gotten to, uh, to this one? Well, um, you know, it is very direct, that's for sure. Um, but so far, the, the people who read it uh, don't seem to be too put off by that. What they tell me is that, uh, uh, you know, nobody's looking at the sustainability problem as I have presented it, so it's really a, a new way to, to present it. Uh, they also tell me that, uh, you know, it has a lot of surprises and even, you know, jarring insights and really challenge people's uh, thinking. Um, and another thing they say is that, um, you know, people really need to understand the sustainability problem as, as I've presented it because it, it, it really, you know, uh, it really is, uh, you know, digging in the right direction. And that people need to think about sustainability as I've presented it and, you know, if they expect to make any headway. Uh, you know, my observation is that people's long-standing comprehension of, of what it takes to make lean sustainable is just not at all sufficient to make any, you know, substantive long-term pr progress. Uh, they need to obtain a much more expansive view of the problem, which is what the Volume 3 does, and, and, and that's going to make for better, you know, root cause analyses that will point the way to um, practical countermeasures. Mm -hmm. And so, we're, you know, we're, we're through three books in the series. Um, and now you're also working on volume four. So I wonder if you can give us a preview about what you'll cover there and what some of the timing for that release will be. Yep, this will be the fourth and final volume of the series. It'll come out in uh, January 2009. Uh, it is subtitled, Learning the Craft of Lean Management. And the purpose of this volume is to bring lean management full circle. As, 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 as everybody knows, you know, lean is part of the evolution and the establishment of management principles and practices that were created to move away from craft production into mass production and beyond, beyond the need to rely on scale. And so I wanted to devote a volume that highlighted how lean management itself is a craft. A few people, very few people understand it in that context, including you know, the best lean practitioners and the best lean thinkers. So viewing lean man management as a craft uh, really creates a, a much different impression on what lean leaders or potential lean leaders need to do. And it informs them that the, uh, the learning must be much broader and deeper than they might have imagined. And, and this also intersects with the sustainability you know, uh, problem discussed in Volume 3. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're saying one one of the root causes um, of of problems with lean sustainability. It's not a matter of you know people at the front line level of the organization not understanding the tools or how to implement. Uh, you know, just to pick a few Kanban and Five S. It's it's not that level of technical knowledge, but it's more of um, management understanding of what's what some of the real root causes are of why organizations not just maybe struggle with lean, but why the business might be struggling in general. Is that fair to say? That's correct. Well, it's a management system, and therefore, 
to operate that management system correctly, the managers have to, uh, you know, practice managing at a level of craft that they're not yet at mm-hmm. and, and don't quite understand it and see it that way. And if they did, I think then they would have a much better, uh, you know, chance of being having some success. Yeah. Yeah. We need to try to, I guess, change existing practices or maybe try to work on the next generation of, uh, of MBA students or, uh, or both and, and try to change some of those mindsets, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so other than writing the books, what, what are some of the things that you're working on or will be working on in the future, Bob? Well, and kind of uh, what I've been doing, you know, more leadership training, more speaking engagements. I do a fair amount of speaking at corporate meetings and so forth. And, of course, I, I you know, teach full-time now uh, since I left industry in 1999. So I, I teach, um, you know, graduates and undergraduates at Connecticut State University. But there is, there is another book uh, uh, that's going to come out, and that'll, that'll be a surprise. Basically, I'm going to be publishing a special reprint edition of a long-forgotten, obscure book that uh, you know, I'm going to author the foreword, and that the foreword will explain the significance of the book and put it into historical context. But you know, it's really a, a, it's a classic book, and it's one that rivals uh, you know, Ono's Toyota Production System book. I think people are going to be amazed oh, wow. when they read it. So look for that in uh, probably around mid-2009. Okay, and you can't give us any more of a, uh, of a tease. I guess we'll just have to stay tuned, or hopefully when you're ready to announce what that is, we can talk about it here on the podcast. Absolutely. I would enjoy doing that. Okay, so I guess we'll just have to, uh, to stay tuned and um, look forward to that. But um, I certainly want to thank you for your time today talking about the Real Lean series. Um, I, I've, I've enjoyed the books. Um, I, in fact, I, I talk about throwing the book in the computer bag. I plan on finishing the rest of Volume 3 on, uh, on my next flight and um, digging into that. But I uh, definitely recommend the books to the listeners and um, you know, invite people to, uh, to, to go buy those. I'll, I'll have links uh, to Bob's website and more information about how and where you can purchase the books if you go to um, leanpodcast.org, look for the show notes for this episode. Um, hopefully, you know, the listeners can go take advantage of that. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.